1: Live from Las Vegas, sports talk, hot takes, and all of the bangers, Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers.
2: We have officially tipped over the halfway point of the week. Welcome to the downslope, people.
3: Damn right. Buckle up for a ride.
2: Yeah, definitely buckle up. Make sure it's already in its locked and loaded position, and uh, hold on to your butts mostly because what an hour we have in front of you to close out our show before the abyss engulfs us all yet again. um, I kind of feel weird doing this Pixar bracket. Why? I don't know. Like, I feel, in a way, using other people's ideas and then, like, putting my own spin on it is, like, stealing.
3: Well, when it comes to this and it, it, come it's Pixar, like this is right. a global entity, it's just we appreciate the ringer. Right. reminding us. And it's not a, like
2: we're 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 saying it's ours.
3: It's and it's not like we can't create this. Like I could have spent probably an hour or two, probably more trying more. to come up with 64 of these, but they presented it to us, and now we have the template, right? Yeah. It's like we have the bread, and we're making the sandwich and adding some of our ingredients and everything, and and is just there what a week.
2: Anything that is owned originally, I don't think so, because everything's just an inspiration or a spinoff of inspiration from something else, right?
3: That's a hundred percent. I mean, even I, I watched the, the documentary on on Lightyear and how they made it and the idea and everything, and one of the main guys talked about he's like the reason he's like humans, we're not very smart. So we need these stories repeated to us to remind us to be good and to be a part of a community. And he's like, that's my theories on movies and entertainment. Hmm. And I was like, kind of brilliant. And he's kind of right. Yeah. I'm not that educated.
2: Storytelling. That is one of the main evolutionary traits that I think that we have that has allowed us to survive as well as we have. Because like we had it's been many thousands or millions or whatever years ago where there's like difference between Homo sapiens, Homo erectus, like there's a bunch of different ones. But I'm, I'm guessing some people had the the opposable thumb. Some of them figured out that we should probably put the meat over the fire and then we don't have to do as much work because, oh my God, we can get so much more nutritionally out of that. And then I'm guessing like a couple of those particular species figured out storytelling and, and how to get critical information and to pass that down. And so I think it's built into our DNA.
3: But what does it say now that – We've gone through this this weird thing in entertainment and even podcasts that like as a as a society we were super into murders. Yes. And now it feels like it's cults. Yes. And just some of these things were and now it's weird because
2: we've always been fascinated with death and explaining why and where we go, though.
3: It's like Netflix has the documentary about the cult. And then now HBO is making the show based on with yeah. actors kind of portraying yeah, exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> and Prestige I know TV. Well, I know that like a part of it is that like, oh, I'd never do that. Like as, as we're watching it. And you're like, How how did she if like you, the Tinder swindler? I would never be in that situation. If You
2: ever find yourself saying I wouldn't do that. That's false. Like I, I'm convinced that anybody is capable of anything put in the right conditions and environment, whether that's good or bad. We're the ones that say things are good or bad, technically. Yeah, because like things we just are.
3: We could think because based on our past experience that we wouldn't, but you have not been in. You're the not shoes above. You're not above that anybody.
2: That's uh, everybody's capable of making massive mistakes and have massive comebacks, and and that's where I think. That that's where that storytelling is. Is that it reminds you that, to transcend yourself and and to put yourself pieces of yourself in characters or situations to see yourself in those and, and perhaps copy it or change course.
3: And you know, you talk a lot about you know Marvel and it's these same stories and these same stories. I don't serials. talk a lot
2: about Marvel, but everybody well, else well, them. when I when
3: I bring it up, yeah. it's like I'm not that intrigued. Some of these cult things, I'm kind of fascinated on how it got to this certain point to be able to like. In terms of these cults kind of brainwashing and building these communities really? within you're the cults. Really? You're surprised about that? I'm not surprised. I'm more fascinated about Because
2: yeah. we're all just, everybody's just looking for something to believe in.
3: Well, everyone wants to be in and the community.
2: Our, it's a metaphorical bonfire we talk about all the time. You don't want to be away from the fire. You want to be around it. You want to be telling stories. You want to be roasting marshmallows and, and hanging out. If you're cast out from the group, that's a very sad and dangerous place. Again, this is evolutionary biology just
3: Which, like, in politically conversation. we could get in with all that stuff, but... And it's just I'm glad that we have things like Pixar yep. to kind of be another option Rallying on, on the points. plate.
2: A hundred percent, a hundred percent.
3: And I th- I think I need to do this right now. This is breaking news. Uh-oh. As we get into this bracket, Lindsay, tonight, I will be going to see.
2: That's what right.
3: the screening, private screening, offensy, fancy, fancy of Lightyear before it goes into theaters tomorrow night. So, Look at you. So tomorrow you got
2: the connections. Yeah, my invite you. got lost in the mail again. But you know what? Thank that's you.
3: Okay. Thank you for the invite. Talking about being a Disney dad, that's paid off because like I know you want to see this, so I'm gonna go see it. Bittersweet because I'm not gonna be able to see it with my son. But yeah, tomorrow, along with continuing the Pixar bracket,
2: a, you little, have a review, breakdown? Little, little review, a little review, a little review. All right, I'm very excited to hear that. And in honor of that, we are gonna continue our Pixar bracket. and We're gonna go into the Pizza Planet region today. Um, simply because it just makes a lot more sense. But first, we have our our one seed versus our our sixteen. You got Buzz Lightyear versus is it Barely Lightfoot? No, Barley Lightfoot. Yeah,
3: Barley Lightfoot, who is from the movie Onward, which we talked about, yes. was the was the twenty twenty
2: straight to Disney Plus. Yeah,
3: the, the pandemic really really screwed this movie. Yep. Barley Lightfoot, voiced by Chris Pratt. No offense to you, Chris Pratt, but Tim Allen and Buzz Lightyear.
2: Yeah, it's Buzz advance it's you can't it's buzz it's buzz doesn't really matter who's he's up against but we'll see as we proceed through this bracket up next we got lightning mcqueen as an eight seed taking on Frozone as a nine which i'm kind of surprised of 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 these rankings because uh, as someone who is a very very vehement lightning mcqueen hater i think he's he's seated (laughs) too high and as where's my super suit one of the best lines ever I think that uh, Frozone should be should have a higher seed or, or a lower seed, I should say.
3: I'm trying to look better. at these these other eight seeds in this bracket. So you got Joe Gardner from Soul. You got Rex. You got Lightning McQueen, like we just discussed. And then we have Lotso. So, you know, none of these other eight seeds, they're all supplemental characters. Joe Gardner's the main character, but it's just one movie. Cars is like a huge franchise, which is why they got Cars Land in California Adventure. And I love my black woman. I love my queens, and there has been some people that don't like Frozone and the fact that in the movie, the wife's screaming because it kind of brings up some stereotypes. Fair. But, a fair critique. And I love Samuel Jackson, but I'm going Lightning McQueen just based on the Cars franchise. I need him advancing. It's a tough 8-9 matchup because you got a main star yep. in Lightning McQueen, and then you have a supplemental character that is beloved. Mm-hmm. Who even walks around California Adventure and he doesn't even have his own ride. So Frozone's really made the most out of his few lines.
2: Facts. Frozone moves on for me.
3: Incredibles is really is really, really up there in terms of people's love yes. for for Pixar movies. I'm still movies.
2: surprised they did a second one because I thought they were gonna leave that one alone and I was I was you know, I'm I'm very apprehensive when we see sequels. I can't really remember what the second one was about. I remember I saw it in theaters, but I don't really remember what happened.
3: But they uh they wanted to diminish they wanted to get rid of superheroes. That's right like in society. Oh, the
2: genocide theme. That's always fun. Yeah, that's always fun. <laughs>
3: genocide. All and right, the,
2: moving on. We have a five twelve matchup. This is this is this is controversial as well. We got Merida from Brave, her damn bow and arrow, capitalizing on that Katniss Everdeen energy held to the uh, and Jack Jack Parr. Jack Jack. Jack Jack is I think. My second, no, my third favorite Incredibles character. But I, I Merida.
3: I haven't seen Brave. We talked really? about this. No, I oh, haven't. Oh,
2: man. It's the few that the I have The fact haven't. that she, like, her and her mom have a tough relationship to the point where her mom gets turned into a bear. It's kind of like a weird, like, <laughs> brother bear kind of mashup. And they work through their issues and their differences while her mother is a bear. And I think that's very admirable to figure out how to translate that cross species at that point and that was i think brave is when they when pixar really went hard at the easter eggs or making it like super obvious i know they've been doing that since like toy story and stuff yeah but when there's a scene where they go to like basically a witch to kind of help you know turn mom back into a human being and that was where there's like this pixar theory based off of i think the drawings they saw in her house or her cabin that it was boo for monsters inc gotta love it yeah
3: it's literally the best it's a rabbit hole on youtube that you should go down
2: and so um i just for some reason i'm just not a huge fan of the parr family and so merida (laughs) moving on up merida advances
3: we talked about this earlier this week when you talk about easter eggs monsters inc when they freak out and the baby's in the restaurant they weren't actually talking about boo when he's like, this baby was shooting lasers out of his eye. That was Jack Jack. Yep. Jack Jack, I like him over Boss Baby. When, when we oh, look at baby
2: thousand percent. When
3: we look at baby animated characters, so Jack Jack kind of represents a hero for little kids because Sire loves him. Therefore, who doesn't? And I haven't seen Brave, so therefore I'm going with Jack Jack.
2: That's a fair. That's Jack Jack cookies
3: in Disneyland. I know you haven't been. We're going. You're getting a Jack Jack cookie.
2: I'm down. I'm down. I I like I said, I I'm not a huge fan of the Power Family, but in terms of this is just purely we have to bow down to to Meredith's greatness here. Um next, we got our 4/13 slash matchup. Who is 22?
3: Uh so in in Seoul. Okay. 22 is the Ghost, the Soul.
2: The Soul.
3: And um the Tina Fey, Tina Fey voices her. Tina
2: Fey's in that movie? Mm -hmm. Tina Fey and Jamie
3: Foxx doing their
2: thing. 22's going up against Elastigirl?
3: Elastigirl kind of thing. Oh, you
2: love Elastigirl. That's the one thing I know about that Incredibles 2 change is all of a sudden a very certain body part became way more robust. And it was markedly noticeable.
3: Elastigirl versus Lilo's big sister. Oh, my God.
2: Oh, my God.
3: (laughs) Uh, I didn't expect a 10-year-old pervy adrian to make an appearance on the show well, we
2: all have the crushes <laughs> that we grow up with right apparently i've seen this thing on tiktok like a, a bunch of different videos of of oh <laughs> my sexuality came out when i saw this character and then they have like all these like little flashes of all these different disney or like we're at pop cultural characters you're like yep that one i like <laughs> that, <laughs> that one i one, like that one.
3: elastigirl <laughs> elastigirl
2: uh, yeah, so I, I'm having Elastigirl move on because she's the only reason why The Incredibles is uh compelling to me. Damn! I love the movie, but because I, I just think she's brilliant. Okay, She holds down the fort, man.
3: No, she she truly does, and much to the dismay of her husband in the second movie that she was getting all the love for being yeah. a superhero. Yeah, God forbid
2: she tries to have a freaking career. Come on. Have you ever
3: worked insurance? He was stressed out. Little dude would That's get bugging That's
2: his He chose to work insurance. You no. could get a different job.
3: That's true. You just want to take
2: control of your life, Bob. He just, (laughs) God,
3: I'm going to make a compilation of all your hot takes (laughs) towards (laughs) some of these characters,
2: including the one yesterday where I said that Dash was an (laughs) a-hole. He's eight years old. Well, he has the, the, let's just say the bones are there.
3: Well, we are both setting up a family battle coming up because I'm going to last a girl. Sorry, Tina Fey.
2: Sorry. Sorry, Tina Fey. You don't get to win this time. Up next, 611 matchup. We got Eva from Wally against Anger from Inside Out.
3: Anger's hilarious.
2: As I went through yesterday, I had um a very special art project in high school where we did charcoal shading and I selected a still shot from Wally where Eva just shot like a missile out of her arm and then kind of Coxic bat into place as she turns around to see Wally and so Eva's gonna be moving on for me obviously and mostly because I'm leaving anger in the past I like I love that actually it's probably not a healthy way to look at it anger (laughs) is a valid emotion that should be felt yeah but
3: but you can you don't want to remain angry at that thing right
2: no no trust me Eva wins but like just just so everybody knows we can't leave certain emotions in the past just because we don't like them
3: so here's the thing inside out Watched it two days ago.
2: Yeah, it's fresh.
3: And it's fresh in my mind. Eve is a robot. My son loves robots. So <gasps>
2: But you haven't seen Wally.
3: Yeah, but here's the thing um, in Pixar Pier, they have a whole bunch of posters. And one of the ones that By I, and large? Yeah. There's there was a there's a i there's iRobot. There's a, a, a Wally poster. Yeah. And my son freaks out and freaks out at Evie. But then when you go down Pixar Pier, there's an angry hot dog. Like, where you buy hot dogs, and it's all characterized with anger. And the hot dogs are actually phenomenal, and I love food. So, upset to me, the 11 seeds moving on. Wow. Anger moving on in the bracket. Got the experience, mid-major, making a move into the uh, 32 bracket so far.
2: I'm thinking next week that you and I, after work a couple of days, we need to, like, sit down and watch a Pixar movie that you haven't seen and I haven't seen together. Like, we can watch WALL-E, and then we can watch, like, Soul or something. Because I'm, like— I'm down— On our production meeting, guys. On our production meeting. uh, Don't mind us. Lindsay,
3: I've made a huge mistake in my bracket. Have you? Yes. Where? Look, coming up in this 314, or is that two?
2: I think that's three. The Miguel and Stinky Pete?
3: Yeah. Well, earlier, when we did the 42 Wallaby Way bracket yesterday, I confused Miguel. Miguel is the little kid from (gasps) Coco.
2: No. Ernesto is the
3: grandpa that was betrayed and I have him in the final four when well, I thought he was Miguel. You got
2: to live with your mistakes, my friend. Oh boy. Um, I'm not familiar with Miguel yet, but we talked briefly about Stinky Pete, and probably we compared him to to Lotso, Hug and Bear in terms of like the worst Disney, Pixar villains of all time. Because, um, I don't know. There's just something about these two, but like, but Stinky Pete, like. What an absolute narcissist. And, and and can completely play the part where he's, oh, yeah, we're I'm with Jesse. We're all going to be the same. And then they he locks you in a plastic box. And he tries to ship you off to be at a collector's item. Of course he's moving it, it rips on. Rips
3: his hand. Yeah. R- rips his yeah. arm, like doesn't you doesn't care. Kelsey Grammer, though, is the voice.
2: I, I didn't realize that. I know.
3: It's kind of a stinker. Yeah. Huh. That's no. what-
2: <laughs> 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 but my, my rules, because I'm not familiar with Miguel and I don't talk to strangers, he cannot move on.
3: Well, I'm going opposite. I'm going to go Miguel. Okay. Stinky Pete, is he the best villain in the Star Wars franchise? Star Wars.
2: Star Wars. <laughs>
3: in the Toy I Story franchise? Uh, I don't think so either. So, Stinky no. Pete, go be stinky if somewhere anything, else. I he's
2: just a sacrificial lamb for the next round, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, the 7-10 matchup at Pizza Planner-Regent region here on the Pixar character bracket provided to us by the ringer.com. Doug from Up versus Slink from Toy Story.
3: I thought it was Slinky.
2: No, it's yeah. just Slink. This changes everything. A Slinky a Slinky's a different toy entirely. True. Yeah.
3: True. Th- facts only. Facts. Um I will let you know, Doug, they gave him a mini series. Yeah. That came out on Disney Plus that sadly I love you. Yeah, it came out about 2 weeks before the the voice of the what's yeah. the main character from Up, the old Carl man, Fredrickson. Carl Fredricksen. Carl Fredricksen. We're about to get to him. Yeah, well he he passed away. Luckily he was able to see some of the show. Um I would hope. But
2: Wait, the guy who voiced Carl Fredricksen died?
3: Yeah. Oh That's what I'm saying. God. So this series
2: so
3: Yeah, this series for Doug came out <laughs> and then shortly after It's kind of like John Madden where the the oh. documentary came out.
2: Does this change your vote? Uh, no, I'm still voting, Doug.
3: I'm going slink.
2: Really? Rest in, I'm shocked. Rest
3: in peace to Ernest, Jim Varney. Um, what do you mean? Uh, the, the voice of... He
2: also passed away? He
3: passed away. Oh, my f-
2: God. <laughs> we opened up the show with elephant death, or at least the co- being the cause of death, and now we're just pixar it up. It's just <laughs> depressing.
3: Your childhood is...
2: Seriously. Like, What's
3: going on? He, um, luckily, they actually used... You know they they talk about what is it the 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 thing with the face where they can like make you like Tom Cruise they can make facial recognition not the facial recognition but they can make it look like someone said something when they did Oh it. deep fake deep yeah the deep fake they use the deep fake voice technology after Jim Varney oh passed God. away to do three and four this to is make sure all Google the lines
2: AI is, uh, Slinky
3: super fire or an amazing, amazing amazing best friend he helped out RC in Toy Story one. He helped trying to get from Sid's house back to Andy's house. Very helpful. Disneyland. But he's a
2: turncoat, though. He 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 turned on Woody the first chance he got. What do you mean? In the first movie, remember? It, it, they all became enamored with Buzz. and Then when Woody was like, "What the hell? What the hell? What the hell?" and then Slink just kind of betrayed the friendship. Like even if you don't agree with Woody, you have to kind of validate like his. Concerns. He tried to murder Buzz. Who Slink or no.
3: Woody? Woody tried no, to murder I- Buzz. After that, it's all. Well, is
2: that not your? Whose whose who's friend are you?
3: I'm not Lindsay. If you kill somebody, murder, vicious murder through the window, unless they're I'm not even gonna say that Lindsay. Murder is murder, and he That's tried to murder Buzz, and I'm glad that they made up. But Buzz will always in an argument. Like I know the dude who tried to push me off of a house on the second floor ain't talking to me. I don't know. And Slinky also Disneyland has his own roller coaster ride. That's important to me.
2: That does, yeah, well, that that's why it's your bracket.
3: He has a cool toy. Yep. I'm going, Slink. Good for you. Thank you.
2: Thank you. Last matchup of this region, at least before we fill out the rest of this. Carl Fredrickson versus Ming Lee. All right, Carl. I
3: need, to, I need to verify. Carl.
2: Hello, Mr. Fredrickson.
3: Ming Lee is the mom from the new Pixar movie Turning Red. Yep who, you know, the, it was a, as a mom-daughter issue throughout the movie. Oh, boy, but I haven't really seen up like that. Carl Fredrickson was
2: willing to face down his childhood hero even though he was a massive disappointment and do what was right.
3: So Carl, it is. Car- yep. Carl, yep. Carl PR is Carl over has here. some
2: backbone that Slink does not.
3: I'm going to check this ringer. Okay. So,
2: so to fill out the rest of the region here, I got Buzz versus Frozone. Oh, man. I mean, I out of respect to Buzz, I have to move him on. I really do. I respect it. Yep.
3: I'm going to be honest with you, Linz. I didn't know we were doing the whole Final Four, even though we've been doing it all week. I need to pay attention. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, going, I'm going Buzz over Lightning.
2: Okay. Fair enough. And then I have Merida versus Elastigirl. Oh, my God.
3: Two great females. Oh, my God. Two warriors, some would say.
2: Yeah. You know what? Because I've been so mean to the rest of her family, Elastigirl <laughs> she dick, moves on. Dick, she thick she she with this I'm
3: going, no offense to Elastigirl, but I still got Lilo's big sister. So, Jack, Jack advances. Oh, wow. This is This is crazy.
2: Oedipus would be proud. Probably not the best joke to make at this point. Eva versus Stinky. For Me, Eva advances because Sneaky Pete is again the sacrificial lamb.
3: Eva versus Miguel. Miguel advances.
2: Wow, and I got Doug versus Carl. Oh man, oh my god,
3: hearts are being torn. Oh, Carl, I am also going Carl. Or no, whoa, 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 whoa. we're not on the first round. Excuse me, Slink versus Carl. Slink advances. Wow. So we're doing Slink versus Miguel.
2: And I got Buzz versus Elastigirl. Oh, my God.
3: I love how we're writing all these down. Right. Because...
2: Buzz Buzz advances for me past Elastigirl.
3: I am also going Buzz over Jack-Jack.
2: Wow. And I got Eva versus Carl. Oh, man. Eva's such a downer. She doesn't trust Wally, but, like, she's just trying to do her job. She's trying to carry out the orders, and then, like, she finds love in a hopeless place. But
3: the think of you. Trust. It's hard.
2: Yeah. Carl humans? Carl doesn't trust anybody either.
3: Grumpy old man. Triple Eva, a.
2: sorry. She has to move on. She has to. Okay. And I got two spate. And then what's your your what's your? This is the Elite Eight right yep. now, correct? Yep. So I
3: got Buzz... Versus Slink. Oh, wow. I don't want this to be UNC versus Duke, but hey, this year that's what happened. True. So Buzz is advancing. To the final four? Buzz wow. and Woody on the opposite sides of the bracket.
2: Oh. No, this is really... Like, this is where you're like, are you betting with your heart or with your head? Because, like, Buzz is a one seed and Buzz... But Buzz gets all the hype! But if this is Buzz's week. He needs to be knocked down at least a couple of pedestals, right? Eva advances. Upset. Oh, yeah, upset, City. alert. Upset, alert. <laughs> me, 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 me,
3: this has been the most intense segments we've done in the six well, months. Well,
2: I don't think I could do like if I had advanced Buzz, there's a potential where Buzz and Jesse face off in the championship. And I don't, I can't make that choice for love.
3: It's like picking between I, Steph and Aisha there. Yeah, I'm,
2: seriously, though. Remember when when Buzz started speaking Spanish? That's what I'm
3: saying. Senor Buzz could have made this over Carl. That's a
2: completely different character in my mind. We have completed three of the four regions of this Pixar character bracket, and we will (laughs) culminate it tomorrow afternoon before proceeding. But another spirited debate about the movies that made us. But it is time to move on. I wish this internet was moving quicker because then it could tell me, oh, yeah, we're going to be talking about the two Americas again because we missed it yesterday. We'll get into that on the other side of the break. Love for the bet.
1: Adrian Hernandez, and Lindsey Brown. The Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: Some people are Team Jacob. Some people are Team Edward. Some people are obsessed with the Chrises. Some are obsessed with the Ryan's. You know, we know these tropes. I personally am uh, a huge fan of the Ryan camp, the Ryan Reynolds, the Ryan Gosling's. Um, that's about it. <laughs> I have never been more disinterested and unattracted. To Ryan Gosling than when I than I am looking at this Barbie Ken doll movie that he's a part of. Because he's Ken and Margot Robbie's Barbie. Huge fan of hers. I'm sure she's going to be fantastic. I don't like him.
3: <laughs> and just for everybody knows, this isn't an animated. This is, no, this, this is, is real. live. This is
2: live action. So
3: they have Ryan Gosling as Ken. Looks pretty wild.
2: He looks like a buffed up Machine Gun Kelly that got dressed up for church because we have to fake it till we make it. That's what he looks like.
3: And and I just I need to be reminded because there's so many ways, but this is supposed to still be like a kids themed type of movie.
2: I don't know if this is kids themed.
3: Well, because I was like, well, if it's violent, these are
2: the two of the most attractive people on earth.
3: I mean, yeah, and I I appreciate because to me it's like he has to look like that because he's representing a toy. Yeah, he begs the question. We're talking about the Pixar bracket. Ken was very underrated in the Toy that's Story franchise. That is
2: the bet He's the best part about Toy Story 2. That fashion show bit. Oh my god! It's amazing. That's, that is the best part of that whole movie.
3: Dominic talks about it all the time. The outfits. Yeah. The way he kept his closet super clean. He said clean. that's why
2: he got into fashion.
3: <laughs> it's Ken,
2: we were you were both we were both sitting there.
3: Facts. And then remember, Ken was like trying to stop Lotso and everybody, and yeah, he, he and, had a heart because yeah. you know, Barbie. and he was on
2: the inside, but he he saw the error of his ways, and then and then love changed him.
3: Yeah, this Barbie movie. I'm, I'm not too sure about it. I just,
2: it. I don't know. I'm, I'm probably going to see it, but I was really hoping for some, I was really hoping that Ryan Gosling didn't look like he just put a fork into a light socket, <laughs> but that's where we are.
3: I will say, I appreciate that the internet has the power to, if some of these stills come out, the, the most notable one is Sonic, before the first Sonic came out, yeah, with the they teeth. put a still and... The internet went crazy. Because
2: he had human teeth, right? Yeah, and it and we just like, it was hell? very
3: off looking. And so they put the, they fixed Sonic up and yep. the new Chippendale movie that came out last month.
2: Unfortunately not live action and not <laughs> the one that you think. Chip
3: showed up, right? Chip. He's at like this Comic Con and they made fun of the whole incident and then they had a booth for ugly Sonic. Oh, and it man. was absolutely hilarious. But I, yeah, this Barbie movie, I might have to watch.
2: There, there are two sides to every story, but sometimes we have to go over our, our intersectionalities, and we fill out a pretty full spectrum of the human experience. And so, Two Americas is where we explore that very space. We're so lazy.
3: This is America. Don't get you slipping on. No.
2: So there's drama between Boston and San Francisco. And there's a clip. We're going to be talking about regional sensitivity very briefly here, but we got to at least give the source material that has inspired this. Do you have that for us?
3: Yes, audio courtesy of SportsCenter and ESPN. Because Andrew Wiggins, he's not an underdog. He makes $32 million. While the Warriors were down these last couple of years winning no games, they kept spending money because they've got it. They re-signed Draymond Green, they re-signed Steph Curry, they re-signed Kevon Looney, they kept Andrew Wiggins, and boy did it show up tonight. Andrew Wiggins, with the supreme moment in his career,
1: he was a throw-in in a trade. Other teams would have totally gotten rid of him. They stuck with him. They have a $340 million payroll when you consider taxes. You don't just have to beat the Warriors on the court, you got to beat their checkbook. And nothing away from Andrew Wiggins tonight, but this was a checkbook win for the Warriors.
3: And that's caused chaos. That's Brian Windhurst after game five, uh, talking to Scott Van Pelt. And a lot of Warriors fans were kind of upset at that very last second that it was a checkbook win. And my confusion on this entire situation to me is like, there's not that many organizations that are willing to maintain and keep their core through now six years. Or eight years. This has been an eight-year run. We talk all the time in football with the NFL that you need to take advantage of the rookie contract of a quarterback. Because at some point, you're going to have to pay all these different players. The Warriors, despite not making the playoffs the past two years, were able to essentially, in Andrew Wiggins, $32 million, is damn near close to a max contract. It
2: is a max contract. He signed it with Glenn Taylor.
3: Yeah, where Glenn Taylor's like, hey, I need he, you to please try before you yeah, sign this. Yeah, I need to
2: talk to you just to make sure that I know that you're going to try real hard.
3: <laughs> but the point being, you're talking about a team that they in the first year that they missed the playoffs, they got the second pick in the draft because they were that bad.
2: James Wiseman.
3: Yeah, and then they were in the play-in game. And they lost, so two years without making the playoffs. And they have four max players. Didn't
2: they beat the Lakers first, then they lost?
3: Yeah, so they they won in L.A. Yeah, in a great good. game. Sorry. And then they hosted Memphis, and John Morant really went in there in the last game of Oracle Arena. But my point being is, like, why, after all this success, you're a franchise that, before 2015, when you won that <laughs> NBA championship, you hadn't won since 1974. Like, this man, to me, that is a compliment that your front office and your ownership wants to win just as much as you do as a fan and that they'll keep the core despite some struggling seasons. Not that many teams in all of professional sports, Mm -hmm. not just basketball, are willing to do that.
2: Right. But I think also the Warriors probably recognize what they have, which is really special. And so that investment in that core, which is mostly homegrown, makes a lot of sense to me. But the thing is, is that there's a regional sensitivity that's running under this because obviously a lot of the the Californians or the San Franciscans, you can't say that about us, you, but don't reduce us to that. You can't just say it. Boston's like, we'll say whatever we want to you. We'll say it to your face, we'll say it behind you back, and then we'll stab you. That's what we'll do. And and I just find it fascinating. I mean, I, I was I was on TikTok and there is this one video about just how people talk. And it was like New Yorkers versus people down South and how just at, when we formulate words, it's in different regions of our mouth based off of where we're from. Yeah. It like, and if you think about East Coast, a lot of in the teeth, very direct, very, very aggressive, very point. They call it pointy versus in the South, it's a lot more drawly, a lot of slow. And just how that impacts the way that you live your life. Because if you talk slower, you are slower, not saying like what's slower with any sort of, derogatory term but in slower and just life doesn't move as fast and so maybe you're not as aggressive because we're all just kind of chilling right and and this an underdog mentality you mentioned it earlier about the, you can't really utilize that in in this situation if they're if they're if they're making a ton of money I'm like you absolutely can because it's about experience I'm like if they haven't been here before they can absolutely be an underdog but I think it also has a lot to say about deprivation and what people were privileged judging saying like well that's not legitimate that's not real that's not wherever I'm like who are you to say this and, and who are you to make this judgment because when you haven't been part of a team like this like Wiggins has and and, and his story how can you not say that guy's not an underdog no matter what what amount of money he makes
3: well but I mean he's the a- what what pick was he in the draft? He's a one. lottery pick. He was the number one pick in the draft. Which
2: they immediately so, traded. LeBron literally immediately traded him to the Minnesota Timberwolves.
3: But I mean Minnesota probably would have he was, yeah, was either going to be one, trade. two, or three. Yeah. It was him
2: and Anthony Bennett all went so, on
3: there. When he's when there's expectations coming with with the pick that you get. You're the number one pick. Absolutely. These are kind of some of these expectations. And what why it's been so surprising, why it's been such a great story, is there's been times where Jimmy Butler, whether it was an insult to Cat or not, said that Andrew Wiggins was the most talented dude on the Timberwolves at the time. Mm-hmm. It's never been a question about his talent. No. It's been about his effort can, and well, things can, like that. How, can you
2: bring it out of yourself, Andrew? And you're absolutely correct. And that's what he's found in, in in Golden State. I mean, Trista Crick said it yesterday. She's like a firm believer in you're a product of your environment.
3: And to put two and two, we talked about Gary Payton Second. Uh, earlier on the show, like to me, that's an underdog in that story. And
2: but it, I'm sorry with Andrew with expectations, he? right?
3: No. Yeah, he is. He
2: is. But at the same time, if we take a long view, he's a son of a former NBA player. He's been part. He's he he had to work his way in because this is sports are the ultimate meritocracy. Right. But technically he was probably set up more for success than Andrew Wiggins was
3: in the, in the, in, in a grand, grand scope scheme, of life. Yes. You're a hundred percent, right?
2: Yeah. But either way, both of them are legitimate and are playing but, huge roles for a team that not many picked to win the championship this year. Even if you did get Clay back healthy and everybody else. Maple
3: Jordan, though.
2: Right. But everybody had money on Brooklyn. Everybody had money on Phoenix. Everybody had money on Miami. Nobody was talking about Golden State until the, those teams started to fall by the wayside and we started to get everybody back. In. And you saw that what Andrew Wiggins could bring. You saw what, what additions like Gary Payton II can make. And and bring this core that has been there that has been stagnant for the cu- past couple of seasons because of injury and stuff like that, and make it something new.
3: It, it's been very impressive, yes. and it's it's been a mix of the core with the new, like you just said. I would respond with they started eighteen and two, yep, to start the season, which is the the seventy three win, the greatest regular season NBA team of all time in twenty sixteen started nineteen and two. They were one game off of tying that pace. And going into the playoffs, we were all expecting or all wanting and hoping to be able to see the Warriors versus the Suns. Those were the top two teams in the West. So, yes, they were not the favorites. And, yes, all the attention was spent on the East. But I can't have Warriors fans acting like, woe is me, you guys said we were going to be a lottery pick right. this year, and now we're in the finals. And then when someone, and I think another thing with Brian Wins- Winhurst is, of course, he's from Ohio, and he's covered LeBron since he's in high school, so they automatically assume right. that Brian Winhurst is one of LeBron's dudes. So I think that plays another part to it. But to me, it's like, come on, guys, you're winning, you're on top of the world. It was a compliment, and you're taking it as this negative.
2: Ultimately, I think it's the the merging of, telling it exactly how it is or a little bit less shiny in the Bostonian or being cognizant of your impact on people around you, being that California, being a little bit more self-reflective. Both have merits. Both have big-time drawbacks. But either way, two Americas merge into one fun time. Stanley Cup final preview, or at least the time that we have left, spent on that next. 1140 Bet.
1: Lindsey Brown and Adrian Hernandez, the Playmakers, exclusively on 1140 The Bet.
2: The world needs more Bob Marley. Right?
3: It does. I'm kind of laughing because we're about to get into one of the more physical, grinding Stanley Cup finals.
2: True that.
3: And we talk about one love, but we still need love. We can have some love and play no, hockey. We all
2: shake hands at the end of the series we and don't give need our to, respects. Exactly.
3: We don't need to be that Rangers fan at the end of that game. No. Acting a fool.
2: That was ridiculous. Douche. Yeah, seriously, though. Hope that they press charges. Um, Stanley Cup Final, Game 1, warm-ups underway as we speak. 5 p.m., puck drop, so just literally minutes away, on ABC. Braden Point is out there taking warm-ups. He's expected to play for the Tampa Bay Lightning. We haven't seen him for a couple rounds when he got hurt in a Game 7, or he was hurt before that, and he re-aggravated his injury. Uh, that guy's got bad hips, and so um, they don't lie, and so hopefully we'll see what kind of contribution he can make, because he is an absolute game-changer when he is at his best, but what he's at today, we will have to see. And then, um, there's a lot of uh, what to do about the um, starting netminder for the Colorado Avalanche. You had Pavel Francouz filling in for Darcy Kemper, who took himself out of the last series, dealing with an upper body injury, has played incredibly well in, in, in his absence, 6-0, and and given the team a chance to win, enough to advance to the Stanley Cup final. But Kemper's had a few practice days and uh, led the team out for warm. So he is the presumed starter for tonight's game.
3: And that's the dude that they traded for. So yep. first-round pick.
2: He is a battle bot goaltender. He's very athletic. He can he can explode laterally incredibly well. But when you're a battle bot goaltender – I was one of them. Um, You kind of like battling too much where you'll put rebounds back out there instead of like automatically cover up, cover up, smother it, smother it. It's like, oh, we'll just keep all getting little, after it. Oh, yeah. All oh, these little details. These Matthews used to do drills just for me, just to help work that out of my system. Cause I just, I liked, I liked the challenge. I like kind of getting down and dirty and, and having people whack away. And then I would just, you know, hopefully save the day. But, We've talked at length um, on on this program or on that Stanley Cup preview final thing that podcast that I did with uh, Michael Jenkins um, about not just the rush game of the Colorado Avalanche, but how they like to run the offensive zone because we know that the Tampa Bay Lightning can score, but they're very opportunistic because they've gone full-blown commitment to the defense that will not waver. And so I expect the Avs to spend a lot of time in the offensive zone, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to score. And so when you're going up against arguably the best goalie in the world, Andre Vasilevsky, and and a lot of guys that are willing to put every part of their tooth enamel on the line to to stop just this one random shot in the first period, you have to be creative. And they love getting creative at the top of that offensive zone. They love having Kale McCarr be able to run switches, be able to to make things happen where maybe he can step down the wall and take the puck to the net himself, or maybe I'm going to distribute it but I've talked about that stretch pass, or not a stretch pass, that cross zone pass, where it's almost like if Kale McCar's close to his the the boards with his left hip and he sends that puck to the right side, so like Rontanen's over there or McKinnon's on the left, mm-hmm. like you can get any netminder stretched out enough to failure as long as you're playing your angles correctly, or if you're creating that amount of pressure, or or traffic in front of the net. Talk about taking away the goalie's eyes. But Andrzej Baskalevsky is a huge, huge dude. He can see above. And I don't know if you've noticed when he's out there trying to focus on that puck. Those eyes are the biggest saucepans I've ever seen in my life.
3: And there's a reason why he's considered, if not the greatest playoff goalie, or one of the he, greatest. He's playoff certainly goalies. making a
2: case. Like he's a guy that that knows how to win game sevens and, and knows how to win in, in elimination styles. But he's struggled at, at points during this playoffs. But I, that's a
3: question I have yeah, for you. Yeah. Not that they're, not that their playstyles are similar. But when I, when I look at the Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. and I look at the Avalanche, two aggressive teams, mm-hmm. and good on five on five situations. The Lightning kind of struggled. They won seven games with them, and and the yep. offense was there. But at the same time, the Panthers were the best offense this year, yep. and the the Lightning shut them down. Mm-hmm. So, what the performance from the Avalanche? What are you expecting more, kind of some some success like Toronto had, or minimal like the Panthers had? Well,
2: early in the week, I kind of hypothesized that the Lightning were going to win this game one, and I still my 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 gut feeling still goes with that, just because I, I think eight days is a long time to have off. And even if you are ready to go, there is such a thing as being too ready to go as well, just being too yeah. hyped and, 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 and trying to force passes, trying to make fancy plays. Like It's about settling in and, and feeling comfortable, not necessarily getting things done. That's where people talk about the power play all the time. like, oh, the power play is meant to be a tool to score goals. I'm like, yes, but the power play first and foremost is about generating momentum. Because even if you don't score in that power play, you can be productive enough where you put teams into a corner where maybe eventually goals come. But that's where teams are truly beaten if you're able to control, if you're able to dominate. And so if Tampa Bay, who's been a rough-and-tumble team throughout all three of these these Stanley Cup final runs that they've gone through – like are you guys able to keep your sticks down? Are you guys able to to temper it just a little bit? We're not getting out of hand, or at least if you're going to box, you're taking somebody else with you because you can't have those mismatches. And it's not that I don't trust the abilities and the penalty kill for the Tampa Bay lightning. It's that I know how good that avalanche one is. But that being said, I've also seen this avalanche team get put in a phone booth and sent off to, to see, because we know that those basically don't exist anymore. And, when they run so much out of the high zone and they have the, the personnel that they do in Nathan McKinnon and, and, and Gog and Ronton and all those, those are big bodies and there's only so much ice surface out there. And then there's also the opposition too. And so, as I was saying yesterday, Tampa needs to get up in that high zone and disrupt. And, and you can get to a point where you don't even have to get to them, but you can create apprehension. You can create scare or being scared or being uh, quick in your decisions and everything else. But you can also just create a bumper-bolt situation, and that's where those pucks can get turned over. That's where that 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 transition game, that rush game, can get really, really dicey. Because a lot of those rushes, as you as you notice throughout the playoffs, are either off of block shots or turnovers in the high zone. Not necessarily like full blown breakouts, because it's so hard to just break out a puck clean, because everybody's forechecking the hell out of you all the way down to the goal line.
3: And up to your po- and to your point, nine days off for the Lightning before they played the Rangers. Took them a game and a half to really get Mm -hmm. into it. They were down 0-2. Eight days for the avalanche. So I would expect Tampa to win this game. Eight
2: days for the avalanche and a lot of time to think about it. And your other team has been here plenty before and has uh, more than enough motivation to want to be uh, not just an elite team, but like a special, a special type of First dynasty three
3: since 80, and Absolutely.
2: Just, the Islanders,
3: the Lakers in 2000 to 2002 is the last time in any sport we've seen it.
2: And with the parity in this league and the salary cap, like I also kind of think that the, the storm that was COVID in the shortened years, like it's kind of almost created a safe Harbor for this to fester and fully flourish for the Tampa Bay lightning. But at the same time, everybody's had the same, uh, say had the opportunity to knock them off to, to play them twice a year or more, depending if they're in the division But they know what buttons to press and when. And just knowing the choreography when your partner doesn't, it's a whole different world entirely.
3: Prediction before we get out of here?
2: Like I said, I'm going with the lightning tonight, but I like the abs in the series. We'll have plenty of that to break down tomorrow as well as finishing up our regional uh, Pixar bracket, among other things. Be well to each other, mostly to yourselves. Use your blinkers people are dying out there and otherwise enjoy the abysses of your life. 22 hours, we'll be back. Bye, friends.